Pod 616 initiating launch sequence. Superheroes will always spark the imagination of people around the world. With great power comes great responsibility. Face front, true believers. Excelsior! Stand by for Pod 616 launch. Three, two, one. Launch. Godspeed Pod 616. True believers, welcome to Pod 616, where we may encounter any myth, legend, or lore in the timely history of Marvel, from printed page to silver screen to mobile gaming and anything in between. I'm Deacon. And I'm JJ. Pod 616 is a discussion of everything Marvel. We cover news, storylines, movie plots, theories, character profiles, gaming strategies, and more. I hope that you will join us on this exploration of everything that is the mighty Marvel. Now on today's episode, we get you up to date on Marvel news. We explore the first appearances of the Merc with a Mouth Deadpool, and we hit the rack for some new and old reading. This is Pod 616, Episode 004, Deadpool. All right, Marvel Games, JJ. That's how we met. Contest of Champions, baby. Yeah. It's not the only successful Marvel game out right now. Let's get the latest news in some of the Marvel gaming universe. Marvel Strike Force is a turn-based game by Foxnet Games. This month's event asks, what if Thanos was your ally? You have Thanos in Strike Force, don't you? I do. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's kind of a tanky. His arrival in Marvel Strike Force opens up a series of missions where he and your team are exiled to another dimension by Ultimus. You will be able to add the Mad Titan to your squad early in the campaign and work with him to recover the Reality Stone. I actually have Thanos in Marvel Strike Force, and he's a pretty good champion. I use him as a tank on my A-team. Now, this Marvel Strike Force is a lot like the Final Fantasy-type games, where it's a turn-based type game. And it's it's actually pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I, I actually like it. I have, uh, I have a second alliance that I set up over on Marvel Strike Force, but you honestly don't have to spend very much time. And there's an auto-fight button. It does, like all the work for you now another marvel mobile game is called future fight and this month in future fight you can grab avengers infinity war costumes for thanos captain america iron man spider-man black widow thor corvus winter soldier proxima midnight and groot the latest game update also adds new ways for players to grow and level up your characters and this is marvel future fight okay Avengers Academy is a mobile game that allows you to play your favorite characters reimagined as students developing their superpowers. Yeah, they're kind of new in a school. Yeah, they're very young. This is this game is a teenager. You know, the characters are like teenager aged. Right. This month, Thanos and his army have invaded. Heroes and villains from across the universe have to team up to stop him. You have a chance to unlock five new characters: Thanos, Scarlet Witch, Teen Groot, Killmonger, and Thane. Ooh, Thane. Yeah, you can also get some new outfits for Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, and Punisher. And this is the first game with an appearance of the Cosmic 
Ghost Rider, Punisher. Ooh, yes. If you don't know about Cosmic Ghost Rider, it's Punisher. He's a herald of Galactus. Frank Castle went crazy. Yeah, it's great. This game is really good. I really like Avengers Academy. My kids play it, and I love it. Now, another Marvel mobile game is called Puzzle Quest, and it features plenty of Infinity War tie-ins and items and bonuses this month to help your heroes throughout. Uh, the newest feature is called Supports. Players can equip these items and get nice little bonuses from them. Supports are people, places, vehicles, gear, anything that helps a Marvel hero or villain uh, who they are. They're uh, collectible, durable items that you equip to your three, four, and five-star characters, and they get stronger as, as they rank and their level increases. And I've honestly thought that they would bring this to Marvel Contest of Champions in the past. Gear? Gear, yes, gear that the that the uh, the characters can wear. Well, I think that uh, I think that Kabam wanted to at one point, but some of the players of Contest of Champions maybe didn't like that idea. Okay, let's switch pods and talk about movies. The new trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp is out. In the aftermath of Captain America: Civil War, Scott Lang grapples with the consequences of his choices, both as a superhero and a father. As he struggles to rebalance his home life with his responsibilities as Ant-Man, he's confronted by Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym with an urgent new mission. Scott must once again put on the suit and learn to fight alongside the Wasp as the team works together to uncover secrets from the past. Now, the trailer showcases the talents of the Wasp, Hope Van Dyne, as Ant-Man, Scott Lang's partner. The Wasp isn't the only new character in the trailer, though, JJ. We get a look at Ghost. Oh, they've changed the character a bit. In the comics, the Ghost suit was worn by John Morley, and he first appeared in Iron Man number 219 back in 1987. The character was a mercenary for hire who sabotaged corporations, many of which were corrupt. In a sense, he was a vigilante for hire, although many times corporations were hiring him to destroy their competition. Yeah, his suit, which he claims he invented the tech for, can allow the user to phase through matter, become invisible, and disrupt electronic devices, hence the name Ghost. Uh, also, we meet Dr. Bill Foster, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I love him. Foster started out as a lab assistant to Dr. Hank Pym before creating his own version of the Pym Particle formula and becoming the superhero Goliath. Goliath, yes. Now, whether he suits up in the MCU remains to be seen. The U.S. release date for Ant-Man and the Wasp is set for July the 6th. I am very excited for that. I am too. Warning, this episode contains spoilers. You have been warned. Let's get into the Merc with a Mouth, the regenerating degenerate, not Slade, Wade, Deadpool. JJ, are you a Deadpool fan? Well, who isn't a Deadpool fan? He's one of the most unusual characters in the Marvel Universe. He is insane, a killer, a mercenary, a hero, an anti-hero, and hilarious. Hilarious, yes. Wade Wilson is a human who was mutated and given incredible regenerative powers, which, while allowing him to survive virtually any wound, also kind of drove him stark raving mad. He wasn't always a comics, movie, and game superstar, though, JJ. Deadpool started out a, a much smaller supporting character. Now... Deadpool's origins have changed and contradicted itself a bit over the years. Yeah, we're not going to be discussing his origins, however. We're going to be discussing Deadpool's first appearances in the Marvel Universe. 
Now, if you're reading our show notes, there's links to all of these in there, but stay with us here. The time is 1990, and comics are having a really huge boom during this era, and the trend is to kind of throw characters out and see what sticks. And Deadpool's co-creators, Fabian Nasaza and Rob LaFeld, had decided to introduce a sword and gun-wielding assassin with some super agility to the pages of New Mutants, which they were currently writing. LaFeld had just delivered his first designs on the character, and he suggested they call him Deadpool. He called up Fabian Nasaza and said, Hey, look at this new character. Fabian basically called him back and said, Hey man, this is Deathstroke from the Teen Titans. Now in the comics, Slade Wilson in DC, alias Deathstroke the Terminator, is a primary antagonist to the Teen Titans. Nasaza was not making a stretch here. Rob LaFeld was and is a self-professed fan of DC's teenage sidekick super team, the new Teen Titans. It was one of the company's most popular series in the 80s and the 90s, and it was still going pretty strong in the mid-90s. Nasiza wasn't insinuating that Liefeld may not have known about a similar character at a competing company. It was patently impossible for Liefeld to not have been aware of Deathstroke. No kidding. Now, what did the two young creators do in the face of this problem? Honestly, that's where the story reaches its wackiest point. They decided to lean into it. Yeah. Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson, so they named Deadpool Wade Wilson. Now, you got to think about this. In the time where Sue happy people are everywhere, they didn't back down. They went forward with this. It doubled down. Yeah. And in an industry where history is peppered with predatory copyright lawsuits and Marvel couldn't even stop publishing a comic called Captain Marvel for decades or risk losing the trademark to DC's Captain Marvel character, who in the meantime could not even appear in a comic that bore his own name. Fabian Nasaza and Rob Liefeld's Deadpool turned out surprisingly fine. Names, outfits, and fighting abilities aside, they display very different personalities and roles in their respective universes. Okay, Deadpool was first introduced in 1991 in New Mutants number 98. The whole reason Deadpool was introduced was Liefeld wanted to emulate his idols. Comic book legends like Frank Miller and John Byrne and Walt Simonson, who wrote and drew and created their own characters. He had already had a huge success in the mutant cable and use that popularity to introduce several more characters and you got to think about it at this time rob lafeld is at a very high popularity he had been doing some levi's commercials you remember those levi's commercials yeah, yeah. I do remember that. and and he was out of the box from what normal comic book creators would do and this kind of heightened the popularity of comic books in the early 90s. The first appearance of Deadpool was not what fans of today's Deadpool may be expecting. He was not as funny as he is now. He didn't break the fourth wall, and his healing factor was nowhere near what it is today. Remember, he was just being tossed out to see if fans would even like him at all. Now, let's go to a very secluded room in a very secluded bunker underneath what is left of a very secluded mansion in Westchester, New York, 9-12 a.m. on December the 5th. A workout session in the Danger Room is being conducted by the new Mutants Commander, Cable, and their new field commander leader, Sam Guthrie, a.k.a. Cannonball. 
Now, Cable is fighting some heavy-duty robots, and Sam is offering to lend a hand. Cable refuses the help at first, but after Sam spouts off a line about perfecting his mutant abilities, and if that was the line he was supposed to say, Cable agrees and allows him to help a little bit. After noticing that Sam requires a little more concentration to mute the sound of his kinetic field, he starts firing at him as Cannonball zips around the room. Now, Cable starts trying to instruct Sam on the ways to improve his abilities when Sam remarks about the size of the team lately. Recently, in the New Mutants, some members had defective or had been held prisoner or had been killed because you have to realize the New Mutants at this time were ending at issue number 100 and they would start a brand new series called X-Force. So they were kind of wrapping up the series at this point. And Sam, in this point in the comic, tried to argue that they are a family and Cable tells him basically that if life were a picnic, they'd be a family, but they're in war, so they're all soldiers. Several hours later at 2.51 in the afternoon, Cable is standing in the library when an explosion knocks him down. When he looks up, he sees a red and black clad figure that looks like a Spider-Man with guns and swords. And the figure says, you're Nathan, right? Addressing Cable by his real name. And then he says, I'm Deadpool. Pleased to meet you. Mr. Tolliver hired me to find you. Now, Cable responds with, you have. And Deadpool continues, yep, well, Mr. Tolliver also hired me to kill you. You know how fastidious Mr. Tolliver is about these things, right? So when I frost your sorry old mechanical butt, don't take it personally, okay? And we kind of see a little bit of his whimsical side here in his first introduction. Deadpool goes on to tell him that Mr. Tolliver blames Cable for something that went down in the past. Cable acknowledges that he knows the man by stating that Tolliver says a lot, and that's what got him in trouble to begin with. Now, Deadpool, while holding a gun on Cable, starts to pull the trigger, but at that moment, Sam Cannonball blasts in and hits Deadpool in the back. And this is where Sam was able to keep his blast field quiet and sneak up on Cable. Deadpool recognizes Sam's newfound ability and admits he got caught by surprise. He then gets up and tosses a neural disruptor net on Cannonball to prevent it from happening again, and Sam goes to the ground. Just then, Cable bursts up and says, you talk too much, and cracks Deadpool across the jaw. A couple of times he hits him across the jaw, too. Deadpool ends up exclaiming, ow! Maybe I do. I think you broke my jaw, Nathan. I hate it when that happens. And flips a dagger into Cable's leg. Deadpool then tells him he's going to put him out of his misery when he's confronted by other members of the New Mutants, Richter, Boom Boom, and Sunspot. Richter ends up blasting Deadpool and disorients him for a moment, but Deadpool quickly sizes up the new threat and fires off constrictor cords around Richter's neck. He tells him, the more you shake, the tighter the cords will get. Sunspot then attempts to charge in, and Deadpool displays that he has studied up on the team by saying, that's what Sunspot does, all strength and no finesse. And then we hear, thunk, thunk, thunk. Deadpool hunches over, showing three daggers sticking out of his back, and Boom Boom and Sunspot standing there, confused, asking, what happened? I happened, says a voice. Hello, Cable. You called, I came. Domino, or what we think is Domino, has stepped in and taken down Deadpool, who has just taken out Cable and the New Mutants. Cable tells her, perfect timing as always, and she asks how the babysitting duties are going. 
I do talk and joke a moment, and this catches the other New Mutants off guard. Even commenting that Cable is smiling. Yeah, he's smiling from the appearance of Domino. Now, trying to decide what to do with this punk, as Cable calls him, Deadpool suggests that he always wanted a chance to rehabilitate himself somewhere nice, like prison in the Bahamas. <laughs> Which, once again, is kind of showing Deadpool's joking side there. Yeah, humor. Cable and Domino suggest sending him back to Tolliver, and Domino remarks that he doesn't take kindly to failures. Cable then mails Deadpool back to this Mr. Tolliver character. This is the first appearance of Deadpool. Now, after New Mutants 98, fans and editors alike demanded to see Deadpool again as soon as possible. So two issues later, Leafield and Aceza were getting ready to end New Mutants and launch a new book called X-Force. In August 1991, X-Force number one comes out and to this day remains the second best-selling comic book of all time. JJ, I had 15 issues of X-Force number one. <laughs> favorite comic of all time. LaFell's original plan was for Deadpool to come back around issue number five, but he came back sooner on the cover of X-Force number two. And yet, even though the character was incredibly popular, he hadn't even scratched the surface. Fabian and Rob gave birth to Deadpool, but the character has had many parents over the years that have helped develop the Deadpool that we love today. Let's change pods now and go to the rack for some Deadpool recommended reading. Okay, each week, Marvel Unlimited adds to its gigantic digital comic box. And this week, in honor of our character profile, Deadpool, uh, we've picked out some recommendations for people that are interested in Deadpool. There are so many books. There's a lot for you to, to go through. So I picked out a few. The first thing is Deadpool 0 to 69. This is uh, 1997 to 2002. This is Joe Kelly's initial run of Deadpool. And a lot of people think that Joe Kelly is Deadpool's Father, He is the one that gave him his humor, gave him his fourth wall breaking ability and kind of made Deadpool into the character that we love today is all because of Joe Kelly. Okay, so we have another recommendation and that is Cable and Deadpool 2004 to 2008. This is a 50 issue run of Cable and Deadpool. This is a wonderful Marvel team up. JJ, I have to say this is one of the best. Cable and Deadpool are two of the people that you would not normally think would fit together, but their dynamic works so well. I'm really eager to see how it plays on screen. Now, Deadpool Volume 3 issues number 15 through 19 are entitled The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and these are some really great comics to read if you are a Deadpool fan or wanting to know more about Deadpool. This is really probably one of the best Deadpool arcs. So check them all out on Marvel Unlimited. JJ, what do you think about Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? I don't think there is any other person on the planet that was made to play this character. I mean, I loved the first movie. If you had to cast somebody else as Deadpool, you just would never get to the answer because he is that character. 
And I'd always heard the rumor is that he, you know, he played Deadpool in the Wolverine movie with the sewed mouth and the Cyclops eyes that nobody really likes to talk about. But he was so distraught over that fact because he loved Deadpool. And, and, and Ryan said that he had read Deadpool in the past and had saw a line in there where they basically asked, what does Deadpool look like? And he said he was a mix between like a Sharpay and Ryan Reynolds. And that's when Ryan said that he absolutely fell in love with the character. And I don't think they could have cast anyone better than Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. Well, during the movie, uh, the Wolverine movie that you're talking about, he objected to the way the character was being treated and basically was told, you can either play this role this way or somebody else can. Right, right. And that's why I think he became the producer of these Deadpool movies. And the Deadpool and the Logan movie have shown that R-rated Marvel movies can still be very, very popular. Well, that's it for this episode of Pod 626. Next week, we'll talk about Marvel TV shows, delve into the Contest of Champions, and look at some new characters as we go in-depth on one of Deacon's favorite characters. Yeah, Pod 616, Episode 006, Domino. Do you have characters or creators that you want us to profile? Tweet us. Questions, comments, ideas, complaints at POD616. Or you can join us on Discord at discord.gg slash UMCOC. The show is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search for POD616. Now, guys, this is a brand new show. So please like, subscribe, follow, give us some love. And by the way, I'm publishing shooting scripts for each episode with lots of extra content that we find during research. Check out our patron page at patreon.com slash POD616. The scripts are posted weekly with the shows, and they're available for free for everyone. Now, if you love the show, help us pay for the thing. Chuck us a buck. Next episode, we continue with 006 Domino. Until next time, true believers. Pod 616 was written and produced by JJW and Deacon OTR and is a member of the UMCOC Podcast Network.